Today, we're moving through reckless love and sustaining love to sacrificial love. It's the love that holds us together and gives us the privilege to be His. This is the story of the third son. Welcome to the Sifted Wheat Podcast with Leslie Lamb, a counselor by profession, a minister of truth, and a lover of people. This is a safe place where she sets a path for others to learn how to move through hard seasons with confidence and grace, encouraging your faith, empowering your choices, and challenging your perceptions through the word, the wisdom from years of counseling others, and her own experience of being sifted. Here's Leslie. The last few weeks, we've looked at the parable of the prodigal son from two angles, the heart of the father towards the younger son and the older son. But as I mentioned at the close of our last conversation, there's yet another son in the message, the third son, intimately connected to and the embodiment of the very father he is emphasizing. The revelation of the third son is not my own. But when I encountered these words by the author Norman W. Wright in his book, Shame Off You, I couldn't help but be mesmerized and agree. Listen to his explanation. The third son. He is the son who tells the story. He is the son who performed his first miracle at a party. The son who was obedient, not for shame, but for the joy set before him. He was the son who was rejected by those he came to save, but never left his father's embrace. He was the son who lived in unquenchable intimacy with his father. Even the day that he sweat blood, clawed the ground, and pleaded for relief, he did not leave his father's embrace. The third son hung and bore our shame. In those moments on the cross, he was both the grotesquely sinful younger brother and the dutiful, slaving, self-sufficient older brother. But unlike the younger, there were no father's arms to fall into. And unlike the older, there was no assurance. You are always with me, and everything I have is yours. Instead, the third son hung there like an unforgiven younger brother and an uninvited older brother until he breathed his last and said, It is finished. I love that quote. One of the arguments that I often hear from people who are against faith and Christianity is the sense of cosmic child abuse that the Father, God, dismissed and punished his son so that we could go free. What? You can only fall into that camp if you do not believe the undefined and mysterious enigma that is the Trinity. Sure, if God was the author and orchestrator and was disconnected from the process, one might believe that. But over and over, Jesus says, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. The Father and I are one. I only do what the Father is doing. In this incredible moment, Jesus became the link between the Father and the Son's In this incredible moment in history, what would have been punishment and rejection becomes acceptance and welcome. 
the Son that bridged the gap of sin and self-righteousness with the heart of the loving Father and became the physical expression of that love, connecting himself to us to bring us forward into grace and redemption, to release the provision of God and to send forth the Spirit to sustain us. The one who said, no greater love has anyone than this to lay down his life for his brother, our brother and Lord, the Son and Father, our Savior, Jesus Christ. David Platt, who's another author of a great book called Radical, tells a story in discussing faith with two religious leaders, each convinced that their faith is just a separate path up the same mountain. Sounds beautiful, in essence. But when David pointed out that there was one difference, and he asked the men, what would you think if I told you that the God at the top of the mountain actually came down to where we are? What would you think if I told you that God doesn't wait for people to find their way to him, but instead he comes to us? The men agreed that that would be wonderful. And David responded, let me introduce you to Jesus. The third son. It's not just the storyteller, but in that moment, though none of them could see it at the time, He was not only establishing them as belonging and a part of God's family, but he was also the shepherd in the story and the father in the story, communicating that they were seen each in their own states, loved and welcomed and sought for, and he would be the link to bring them home. But if we aren't careful, like the Pharisees and religious leaders of that time, we will choose offense and see partiality and preselection and us versus them and miss God's heart for the people altogether. In each of these stories, there is a cost to the one seeking and finding and meeting the lost and the hurting. There was a penalty in each story that had to be paid, not punishment to release, and there is a difference. That's what moves it from a story of payment of one to payment for all. Jesus paints the picture of a sheep returning to his flock, and he says, and when he has found the lost sheep, he lays it on his shoulders, rejoicing. You know, oftentimes we picture Jesus going after the lost sheep, and we see images of a sweet little lamb, and he's on Jesus's shoulders, and sometimes even in the image, Jesus is laughing, but he didn't say he sought and carried a lamb. He said he carried back a sheep. That's different. The reality is that a full-grown sheep can weigh over 300 pounds. So a shepherd carrying a sheep home on his shoulders is not a small feat. It's not a pretty picture. His legs might have buckled under the weight of that strain, but in his determination, he is rejoicing. What was lost is found. And the joy that he feels is bringing it home to the flock. This is the sacrificial love of God. To leave a space of abundance and to come to a place of pain and rejection and deception, our world, and say, I see them. I see those people 
I see the ones that are hurting and rejected and abandoned. I see those that think that they can do it on their own strength. I see them and I value them. In fact, I see so much value in them that I am willing to give up everything, my life and my honor to see them restored to me. Jesus willingly laid down his life. He wasn't forced or coerced or even gaslighted. He laid his life down because he looked across all eternity and he saw you and me and all that would happen to us in between and all that would happen in the world from now until the end of time. And he said to us, you are worth it all. That is astounding. We can miss out on the sweet nuances of these parables because we know the ending of the story. We know the players and the parts. And sometimes we take it for granted that we know the ending of the story, but those that were collected around him at that time, they didn't. So Jesus is telling a story about a shepherd and a father that they don't truly have a context for. But as Jesus is building this story, if we take back into account that we know that he represents those characters, if we just for a moment inspect those words and that analogy and see Jesus as he was to them, we see his attention to detail. And when we zoom out and see the full picture again, with arms stretched out with nails and a crown of thorns on his head, we recognize he parallels the images of a father and a shepherd of covering shame and bearing our burdens. And we recognize his foretelling of a beautiful, meaningful, intentional sacrifice. His sacrificial love for us, for you, specifically, intimately, uniquely. So, with that love towards us, what do we do? Where does the love of God begin to inspire our love for Him, for ourselves, for others? As followers, we are called to pick up that staff of the shepherd and put on the ring of the Father to see ourselves filling the shoes of both the lost and the found, to move out of a mindset that takes exception to some and refuses and dismisses others. We are called to express sacrificial love, moving beyond what is comfortable and what is respectable to meet God in His work around us. That's the journey that we're gonna take next. And it will start with a conversation with another friend Trey, my pastor, and his journey into a space of love that many would find radical. Radical.